I'm going to venture a guess today, and that is, how many of you would agree with this statement that in your life today, in everything, you pray? Raise your hand. This is awesome. We don't even have to preach this series, Pastor Steve. Most people think their prayer life is perfect. Awesome. Maybe that's not quite what you were understanding the question to be. How many of you would like to grow in your prayer life? Let's ask it that way. Um, I know I would. Um, you know, when, when I'm honest with myself and I hear a statement like uh, Paul being inspired by God and the Holy Spirit to say, uh, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. I'm paraphrasing a little bit because that's our series title, In Everything Pray, in order that we wouldn't be anxious about anything. So to be honest, how many of you are never anxious? Never worry, never concerned, because after all, if God is in control of everything, why worry? Why have anxiety? You know what it, what's true about this is anxiety. If you are plagued with it, and I'm going to raise my hand high, I'm an anxious person. I worry way too much. And what I am grappling with is that realization that my anxiety and my worry really is about control. It's really about misplaced meditation. Rather than placing my, my hope in the mountain mover, I worry about the mountain. It's a realization that anxiety and worry really is idolatry. I'm turning my faith away from God and trust in Him, and I'm worrying and worrying more about the problem than the one who can do something about it. And Paul comes along and says, do not be anxious about anything doesn't say, don't be anxious about most things or something. No, he says, don't be anxious about anything. And he also mentions later, we're going to get to this, that the peace of God, which goes beyond anything you could ever understand, will guard your heart and your mind. It's like, I long for that kind of peace. How do I get to that kind of peace? How do I experience that kind of peace in my daily life rather than anxiety and worry? Well, the answer actually comes through the text. It's through prayer, through prayer. I, I want to throw, throw out today really three kind of hooks, concepts, understandings of, of prayer that really develop through what God has to share with us in this text. They're, they're this. We're going to look at all three of these. First one is proximity of presence. This is going to be fun. We're going to have a little tongue twister to talk over uh, at lunch today. Proximity of presence. Second point we're going to look at is proactive persistence. And the third one is provision of promise. We're going to leave those three up there as we go along here for the next few moments. Um, but let's talk about the first one, proximity of presence. What are things that get in the way of your prayer life? I think this is one of them. Um, I have found for me that one of my great anxiety builders in my life, and you're going to laugh at this, is going through a drive through I'm serious. I get more anxious, more anxiety of going through a simple drive through An example would be, you go to Taco Bell, and, and my kids love Taco Bell. They want to go to Taco Bell often, and, and, and I get all panicky because the menu is so complicated. There's no such thing as just ordering nachos. It's got to be nachos del grande or grande or something, and, and that's part of the anxiety. What if I say it wrong? Uh, what if I don't order a Cool Ranch Dorito 
taco loco and I order fajitas or fajitas or I just, what if I say it wrong? And, 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 and I can't remember all the details and how to say it in the right order. And my kids laugh at me like, you ordered it wrong, dad. Well, here's what I've done now. I don't even order anymore. I just roll right past my window and I roll down the back seat's window so my kids can do the ordering. <laughs> Interesting thing is when it comes time to pay, they want me to roll down my window, right? But, but the thing is, is I don't even like doing it anymore. And I've figured it out. I, I'm a relational guy, and I have a really hard time speaking to a box of a person I can't see. That's part of it. But the other thing is, it's so complex, and, and, and I just shut down. And I've realized, I think for a lot of people, um, we get hung up on a few things. We think that prayer is about using big words or using the right language or approaching God in such a way and we get all worried like, what if I pray wrong? Or, or what if God messes up my request and gets my order wrong? And so I go to God with this drive-through mentality of, okay, I want this and I want this, but hold off on that and, and please give me more of this extra, you know, sour cream with my taco so that my marriage might be better. And, and we start going through this laundry list of like it's a drive-through. And it's no wonder many of us don't pray much or understand or have a concept of what it means to pray in everything. Or why some of us say, you know what, I'm just not going to pray because I'll probably get it wrong anyway. I'll just let somebody else in the back seat pray for me. And we just give up because we're afraid of the experience, we're afraid of saying the wrong thing, or we just don't know what to say. And we're fearful and anxiety-ridden that our minds just don't have room for it. Well, the first thing I want to talk to you about today is proximity of presence, because I think this provides a breakthrough in understanding prayer for us. Um, what I'd like to do is just, first of all, if you want to look at, if you would, Philippians chapter 4, and, and that reading is printed in, in the bulletin today, but um, I'd love for a few of you to take the Bible out, though. And if you turn to Philippians 4, verse 6, and, and proximity of presence kind of has a, a double meaning here. This scripture gets greater de definition by what happens right before it. And if you find what I'm talking about, what is the last part of verse 5 say? The Lord is, the Lord is near. Paul just got done saying, the Lord is near, which suddenly brings a, a greater clarity of why we cannot, don't have to be anxious in anything. The Lord is near. A lot of us pray, and in our thinking, in our minds, we've pictured that prayer is like this wormhole that opens up the galaxy, and we're talking to a God that is so far away and so far removed from our circumstances that prayer is kind of this long-distance messaging thing, like going up to a drive-through window where we can't see him, and he's some distant place, and he's all gargled in the way he talks. We don't understand him, and he probably isn't going to understand us. And we approach prayer in that way, and we are dead wrong. I love when Jesus prays. Many times he'll be having a conversation with somebody. And, and John Fedotaskis sitting right there. And Jesus would be talking to John and, and without even stopping and saying, all right, everyone, like they teach you in seminary, let us pray. 
Jesus never does that, though. He never shifts and says, okay, everybody, now we're going to pray. Never does that. He'd be talking to John, and as quickly as he's talking to John, he says, I thank you, Father, that you're with us today, and I thank you that this is an opportunity to learn more about you. It's, it's an ongoing dialogue. It's a, a constant shifting back and forth. And why is that? Because God is present. God isn't distant. If that's your concept of God, and no wonder you struggle with prayer if you think God is distant. The proximity of his presence, the Lord is near. A savior who reminds us that I am with you always to the very end of the age, that his presence is in the room. And what that does is it redefines how we pray. We don't pray in some weird way that we've got to figure out a, a right posture or, or the right place, or the right timing. Uh, and we'll talk about circumstances like that, but that we can pray in everything because God is always in the room with us. We can pray for our spouse because God is in the room with us when we're having those breakdowns in communication or brokenness. We can pray with our kids because God is in the room and understands what we're going through or what that circumstance of your health and what you're dealing with, that struggle or that doubt or fear. It's not weird to talk to God because he's here. He's with us. Proximity of presence is a really big deal when it comes to understanding what it means to pray and opening up the channel of saying, Lord, I can talk to you anywhere, anytime, in any situation because I know you are with me. That constant friend we just sang about, what a friend we have in Jesus, to go before him in prayer. Incredible privilege, an incredible thing. Um, but not just proximity of presence, proactive persistence. And Paul goes on after he says, you know, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Then he says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, that's important, present your request to God. Um, what does Paul mean by that? Um, to go before the Lord in prayer with petition, you know, bringing before him our request, and to do so with a spirit of thanksgiving that is defined by the Lord's presence in our life, that ongoing proximity of his presence that says, okay, I can face whatever comes my way, knowing my God is going to work through that, a greater good than I could ever imagine. He's with me, and I can say, thank you for today. Thank you for this circumstance. Thank you for this wonderful gift. And I can go before him and say, Lord, here's where I'm at. That ongoing gift of proactive persistence. Now, I think a lot of us, I'm convinced of this, um, we don't pray much because we're afraid to bombard God with our problems. We think, come on, how, how can I bother him when there's so many other people that have so much bigger things going on? I'm going to overwhelm him. If you ever saw that movie, Bruce Almighty, and, and, and the prayer, and he takes over, and the prayer requests are coming in, and like crazy, and, you know, that we're afraid we're going to bombard God. Or we just think, who am I? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm a sinful, broken human being. Why would God listen to me? Well, if you listened in the gospel reading we read just a few moments ago, one day Jesus told a story, and the setup for that story was, then um, Jesus told his disciples a parable, a story, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's the purpose of the story, that they should always pray and not give up. So what does he tell them about? He says, there was this widow 
And in that culture, immediately, a widow would have very little rights in that community. She would most likely not have the ability to make much income or, or own things. I mean, we'd be in a bad spot. And, and Jesus says, this widow went before an unjust judge, and, and as it says, who really didn't care much about people, could care less. And, and, and Jesus says, this woman goes to this judge day after day after day after day, pleading her case with the judge. And you're thinking, why in the world would a guy who doesn't care about people even listen to her in the first place? But finally, she gets through. And, and Jesus says, for some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> um, you can laugh at that. Um, because I do think often Jesus in his storytelling was trying to get a reaction. And we like to think, well, Jesus must have been really boring. I don't think so or people wouldn't have hung out with him that much. He was telling a story that was meant to invoke an emotion. That this woman is so persistent. He just, she just kept bothering the judge. So finally he said, fine, have it your way. And, and Jesus says, so may it be. <laughs> and many people stop there like, oh, okay. So what Jesus is saying is our relationship with the father is just like that widow. Because God the Father is too busy and doesn't really care much about people. And, but if we are persistent enough and keep bombarding heaven with our requests and our problems, finally he'll get tired of listening to us and he'll give us what we want. Is that the teaching here? Clearly not. What Jesus is actually showing is using an illustration to illustrate how God isn't in order to demonstrate who God really is. How much more so is really what he's getting at. You who have been chosen by the Lord, you who are a treasured child of God, you who have been formed in the womb as that one whom God had planned from all eternity, the one who God knows intimately inside and out, the one who knows even how many hairs are on your head, the one who cares about you, and the one who isn't about to let you go. He says, come to me with what is on your mind. Be persistent in prayer. It's a relationship thing. When we realize that proximity of his presence, suddenly it opens up this incredible opportunity of a God who invites us to proactive persistence in our prayer life. I don't ever need to remind my kids to ask me about the things that matter to them, that they're waiting for me to act on. They bring it up all the time. And you know what happens in that relationship? when it's inappropriate what they're requesting, you know what I do? I explain it to them. I say, this is not going to be the best timing for you because I love you. I'm not going to grant that request at this time in your life. Um, you may want to drive and you're 10 years old, but I tell them you, it, it's not legal nor is it safe, right? Um, or other examples you can insert in your life where we go to, to the Father and we say, Lord, but I really long for this. And the answer continues to come back with a sense maybe that's not in the best interest of our lives, where we recognize God knows more than we know as the almighty heavenly Father who is omniscient. Maybe he knows best for us. It doesn't stop us from going before him, but that's why we pray according to his will being done in our life rather than our will. Having that understanding of an ongoing proactive persistence versus reactive persistence, but a proactive saying, Lord, 
I want to come before you in this relationship. It's an ongoing thing. I know you're present here. And I know you care about me. I know you love me. I know you've forgiven me my sin in Jesus. The one who shows me that ultimate love of the Father as Jesus lays down his life for me. That informs my ability to go before the Lord with persistence. Because there's a relationship that is there. And his calling over me as a child of God. Um, Now, the Apostle Paul goes on from there. And then he says, and as you bring those requests to God... And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a result of that relationship. God's going to grant peace. And it really ties into this provision of promise. What will God ultimately grant? I love this the spot where, where Jesus also teaches on prayer and, and talking about going before the Lord. And he says this, he says, you know, you, have, you have, who are parents, like if your son asks you for an egg or for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a stone or a scorpion? And it's another example of he's showing a story to illustrate how God isn't. And he says, you who are sinful, broken human parents, how would you not answer your child by giving a scorpion or a stone when they need bread or food? Quite the opposite. That a God who loves us as a heavenly father would grant that which we truly need. Not always what we want, but what we truly need. And sometimes he answers that in really amazing ways. I'll give you an example. I was at a volleyball game yesterday talking to one of our school parents and who's been out of work for, for some time now. And, and it's starting to really get difficult. And those questions of, you know, where's the next bill going to get paid from? How are we going to do this as a family? How am I going to continue to provide for my family when I am not really able to right now? I'm trying to find a position. And he says, I was just all filled with anxiety and a mortgage payment that was coming up. And how are we going to pay for that? And he says, it, it hit me one day. I'm spending so much time worrying. How much time am I really spending in prayer? Seeking God's assistance and help and direction in this. He says, I started dedicating time to prayer and and spending time seeking his will, asking for his help. And and he says, do you know what happened? I said, I have an idea, but tell me. He said, well, a few days later, he said, a a letter comes in the mail from our mortgage company announcing that they had recently been bought out by another mortgage company and, and that everything was going to be changing over And with that changeover was a refund check that they discovered in their escrow account. And it happened to be for the same amount as next month's mortgage payment. Um, Some of you say, oh, that's a coincidence. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's an answer to prayer. And God does that all the time. He does. Sometimes we don't look for it. Sometimes we don't expect it. And sometimes we're not even asking him. But our God invites us to ask. And sometimes he's going to answer in those profound ways. Other times he's going to give us even something even greater. And it might be just simply finding the peace of God that goes beyond anything we could ever figure out. It says, my circumstances are falling apart. I should be overwhelmed. But man, do I have a peace of the Lord right now. Because I know my God is bigger than any struggle or problem or difficulty I face today. And that same God is with me with the proximity of his presence. 
and a God who invites me to an ongoing proactive persistence of seeking him in relationship and knowing him through his word and responding in prayer and a God who gives me that incredible provision of promise that I am loved, I am forgiven, and I am his. Let's give thanks to him in prayer. Lord, we do thank you that you give us free access, not from a distance, but up close and personal. You are the one who comes among your people and the one who invites us into relationship. And that relationship, Lord, forms a reason for prayer today. That we can know you and you invite us to continue to seek you, to know you better. Lord, bless us as we grow in prayer in these coming weeks as your people, now and always. What a privilege. In peace that goes beyond understanding. In Jesus' name, amen.